0: Linda Ballesteros.
1: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today, and I'm so honored that you found some time in your busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about what it takes for a franchise to actually build their brand. Um, Just to give you a little snippet about franchising. I recently read an article that went like this. The franchise industry is constantly evolving with more and more industries embracing the franchise business model. So folks, like I've said before, it's no longer just burgers and fries. There are a lot of industries out there that are using the franchise model as a a way to distribute their product or their service. According to franchise direct.com, an average of 300 new brands start franchising each year, and I would have to say that that's probably going to continue, and we may even see it even higher than 300 brands. My guest today is Carrie Gilley, and Carry is president of Franchise Fast Lanes. She's a serial entrepreneur, having co-founded four different startups throughout her career, Fastlane is a full service franchise development provider. So please help me in welcoming Carrie to the show. Carrie, welcome to the show today. So good to be here, Linda. I'm really glad to have you here, Carrie, because you're going to be showing us a different perspective and a little different mm-hmm. insight of the franchise model. So before we get started in that, tell me a little bit, Carrie, about how you found yourself in franchising. <laughs>
2: you know, I, I had quite the journey to find franchising, but now when people ask me, I say, this is my end game. I have found the industry in which I want to stay, and I have franchised myself personally now four times over. But I didn't start in franchising. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I always had a desire to drive my own vision, but I didn't even understand how the franchising industry works. So when I graduated, Linda, it was during the dot com. And Uh everybody wanted to be in tech, right? (laughs) Everybody everybody wanted to be in tech in some way. That was the sought-after industry. I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I thought I wanted to be in technology. So I partnered with a couple others, and we built our very first software solution. And It was unique. It was a software tool that valued items that people donated to charity. We called it It's Deductible. And the whole premise Mm -hmm. was if you're more generous in your giving, you can reward yourself with a bigger tax break than you realize. You just need to know Mm -hmm. how to value your items. But we didn't have a marketing budget. We had a compelling story, but no marketing budget because we were a startup. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I wrote a press release, and I started sending it to local media around. And sure enough, they started running that press release and inviting me to the evening news, and we started selling some software. So I wrote that a more abbreviated version of that press release, and I sent it to the Wall Street Journal. And, Linda, I thought they'd throw that thing away, right? <laughs> I right. That, I thought that was going in the round file. But I thought, why not try? And without even telling us, they ran that press release on the front page above the fold. And for the next year, I spent it in New York City as a guest on CNN Headline News, MSNBC, U.S. News and World Report, and more. And our software tool took off. H&R Block called and said, "Let's partner and throw it into Turbo into Tax Cut." Wow. But into it. Yeah, Intuit and H&R Block are fiercely competitive. So Intuit called and said, no, nah, don't go tax cut. We'll buy you. So sold my first company at 23 and wrapped our tool. It's deductible inside of – it's still there today. If you're a TurboTax user, you still use its deductible when you go through your deductions. I stayed at Intuit for a few years, even though I was an entrepreneur. I learned so much at this Fortune 500 company. I mean, it's Scott Cook corporate icon, his commitment to VOC, net promoter, but I was always anxious to get back into an entrepreneurial role, and I heard about this company back in the Midwest where I was from called Complete Nutrition, and it was an emerging franchise. They only had seven locations. I had lunch with the president, Ryan Zink, and he said, we're ready to go. We have seven locations. We've proven it out. We want to put our foot on the gas of growth. Would you come be our CDO? And I told I was honest with him. I said, Ryan, I love fitness and I love development. I don't know franchising. But I'll be determined to learn. And we set a goal of twenty locations. We sold over two hundred to strong franchisees. I bought three of my own and a Snap Fitness gym all within eighteen months. <laughs> I fell in love with franchising. Linda, I've never looked back. For me, think about that path I just told you. It was two extremes, right? It was startup where you're on your own. You wear every hat. And then it was corporate America, Fortune 500 company where there are ample resources, but it's hard to feel like you're driving your own vision. And I just felt like franchising was the best of both of those worlds. It was the opportunity to be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. You could build your own vision, but you didn't have to be good at Marketing and legal, right? There was corporate mm. infrastructure behind you. So we, Ryan and I went. Ryan and his partner went on to sell Complete Nutrition, took some time off, and then to fast forward that, he called me, and we both wanted to get back into the franchising industry. So we started Franchise Fast Lane in January of 2017. So we're just wrapping wow. up our third year. Mm-hmm. Wow!
1: Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! So, so um, launching uh, Franchise Fastlane Lane you know what, what's needed. You've been mm-hmm. there and done it from mm-hmm. scratch, and that we have. is mm-hmm. hard. You don't it's even hard. know <laughs> what you need when you first get started. You don't even know right. what you don't know. And mm-hmm. so, so tell me a little bit then, Carrie, about how you put this process in place. When you first launched uh, Franchise Fastlane, where did you begin?
2: What was it yes. that, What
1: was your vision for it?
2: It's so true. Let me let me talk about that. Good question. You know, the acronym for what we do, it's called an FSO, a franchise sales organization. And I feel like our slogan, it's a brand facing statement. It's you drive your business, we'll drive your growth. And it's because exactly of what you just said, it's because we had already built a group brand that we knew it was so important that a brand founder focuses on the business. You know, I talk to probably four brands minimum a day that are looking for somebody to help them develop their brand, and I'm always shocked. If you ask them to talk about what they do, they know it well, and they're passionate about it. It could be haircutting, fitness, food, house painting, whatever. They know it, and they love it, and that is Mm -hmm. where they need to stay. That's where their focus Mm -hmm. needs to be, not on growth, If they start talking to 300 prospects every day to find one good fit, which that's what FranConnect says it takes. It takes 300 strong prospects to find one good fit. That's a heavy lift for a founder. And all it's going to do is distract them from where their focus needs to be, which is on current franchisees who need their support. So that's where we step in. We just thought, let's step in. Let's build a business that takes over growth so that brands can focus on their current franchisees. And we don't want them thinking about development more than a couple days a month. That's when we bring in potential investors we've been talking to for six, seven weeks to experience a discovery day. Until then, we want them focusing on their current franchisees, building all the strong systems of robust support that these need to operate their business.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense because um, you would want, as, as a franchisee or a franchisor, you would want to make sure that you weren't
2: spending a lot of time with the tire kickers, right? Right. Absolutely Mm -hmm. right. I mean, think about that, 301. So FranConnect puts out, that's the most popular CRM, the number one CRM at all within franchising. It's called FranConnect. And they release an annual report every year, and I always study it. And that's what they say is you need about 300 prospects or tire kickers to find a good match. And that one good match, on average, it's going to take about 210 days (laughs) to get to know Mm -hmm. them and bring them into your system. That is a heavy lift. So, like you right. just articulated, you know it's it's really beyond what a founder should do in building their own brand, certainly.
1: So, mm-hmm. what do you have in place to help those franchisors with that? Is it staff, is it software where do How do you get that down to those few really uh, serious prospects mm-hmm.
2: Yes, absolutely. You're right, we have both. So we have staff and software. We have a team now of about 32 individuals, and I have some sales, I have support, I have marketing, I have design, I have press, right? It takes a a big team to develop a process by which you can educate a prospect. Because once a prospect decides, I might be interested in franchising, that's just that first decision. Now they need to find the brand that fits them, and there's 4,000 brands now. Like you said, 300 entering the industry every year, 300 exiting. But about 4,000 brands, according to the IFA, now are the options within franchising. So if I'm a prospect buyer, if I'm a prospective franchisee, I have two options. I can call a brand I know really well and see if they have any existing territory. Or I can start studying a new emerging brand and think about being part of an emerging brand in the US. And most of them do decide to go that way, but now you need a process. So we work with the networks Franchise, FranNet, the franchise consulting company, and we also um, just work with organic. People who come through organic mediums and channels, and we bring them in, and we put them through a series of calls, and we do this for all 18 of our brands, everything from an intro to a deep dive in the unit economics to a full FDD review. We set up weekly validation calls so that they can talk to franchisees that are already in the system to ask them, what is it like to be a part of this franchise system? We set up calls so they can talk to the founders and some of the leadership staff throughout the week. And then we host a discovery day, invite them all in and host that experience for them. And the whole time, they are are interacting with our software as well. And so, it really does help them understand the brand and make sure it's a fit both ways, so that they're prepared to be rewarded a territory. But the brand is also prepared to meet a series of franchise buyers and think about the right fit for them. Hmm.
1: That's that's such a perfect setup, Carrie, because um, it does utilize everybody's time efficiently. Mm-hmm. And it really in does. This day and time, everybody's going a hundred different directions. And um, for you to be able to cut some of that out um, so that you really get to the point and present them with really great, solid candidates. So when you're talking about the brands that you're working with, and I think you call Mm -hmm. them partners, um, Mm -hmm. exactly how, how do you choose which ones to work with? Because I am sure you could probably have a line outside your door. (laughs) <laughs> of brands that would want to work with you, Carrie. So how do you select mm. which ones you want to spotlight to, your, to prospective uh, franchisees?
2: What a good question it 's not an easy it 's not an easy task, as I just said to you there 's four thousand brands in the industry now, and I talked in two thousand and nineteen to one hundred and fifty six I kept track in my crm I talked to one hundred and fifty six brands we brought on five we brought on five out of the one hundred and fifty six We have a total of seventeen you know and at the end of the year, our full leadership team sat around and we were we reviewing two thousand and nineteen and planning for two thousand and twenty. And we knew we want to be representing the best brands in the industry. We want to be talking to the next big thing for franchise, investor, franchise investors. And so what we did is we went through an exercise that I now rely upon quite heavily to understand is a brand a good fit for Fastlane or not. We established a criteria of what we call necessities and then a criteria of what we call niceties. On the necessity list, I have attributes such as solid validation, franchisees who cannot wait to tell other prospective franchisees about their business, a strong item 19 or an earnings claim, collaborative leadership that want to work together in growing their brand. And then on the nicety side, I have things like maybe they're willing to run a launch promotion. Maybe it's a novel concept that hasn't ever been done before. I have a brand like that called Smash My Trash. So those are niceties, not necessarily required, but we always now have to see a full checked off list of that necessities before I will even bring that brand to my LT. And then I spend months getting to know them. Before COVID, I was visiting them all, meeting the leadership team. I'm studying their FDD, every item, every aspect of their FDD. I'm calling their current franchisees that they already have open to ensure I'm hearing a good fit. We really are looking for that next big thing. And and it is a search. Mm -hmm.
1: So you said that word, COVID. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) for those of you listening to the recording, this is October the 22nd of Mm -hmm. 2020. So um, I am sure when you were putting together your plan in 2019, you didn't include a pandemic in your marketing plan. (laughs) we did not (laughs) (laughs) and if you had you would have been the first one that I had asked about that had that included so Mm -hmm. um so how has COVID this pandemic how has it impacted the way you're marketing the way that you're presenting Mm -hmm. your partners
2: Yes, you're, you're so right, man. It's been an unprecedented year. And like everyone, we didn't know how it would impact what we do at first. We had to sit back, watch, and plan carefully. We applied for the PPP just like every responsible business owner. Some of our brands are essential service. Like I mentioned, I have 17 brands. Some are essential service. They're home-based brands, home service-based brands that were not too impacted by COVID, actually. And then some of our brands, Linda, they're boutique fitness Right? or beauty, mm-hmm. yep. and they saw dramatic impact. They had to close their doors, and some are open and some are not. Their business shut down as they knew it. The good news is here, in terms of how we develop a brand, our discovery process by which we educate people as to a brand is already virtual because we talk to people all over the country. I actually read a report that Zoom went from 9 million users 90 million users in 90 days. (laughs) Oh, my
0: goodness. (laughs)
2: Crazy. Nine to 90 in 90 days. But we were already using Zoom. Every day, we were sharing presentations via Zoom, pictures. We were connecting with prospective franchisees, using a bridge line you know, to prepare. All of those things, it was we were already virtual. People were already sitting in the comfort of their home to learn about our brands. And quite honestly, while we thought maybe the fear and insecurity would make people pull back in terms of considering an investment, we saw the opposite. We saw real interest in franchise development. I mean, people were home. They finally had time to think about their dream. And they were feeling insecure in their current position. We've seen what's happened with layoffs and furloughs. And so they went, man, what would it be like to own my future rather than be reliant upon somebody else keeping me on their team? So all of this actually encouraged people to consider business ownership. However, even though we do it all virtually – we do welcome them in normally for an in-person discovery day at the close of their research. And they, they fly in, they get to visit the brand, they get to see it, they get to experience it, they get to touch the brand and meet the leadership. And this had to t- change. And it took some careful planning. We've hosted over 50 virtual discovery days now. And that's typically a two-day experience. So think, Linda, how hard we had to work on it. I mean, it has to be mm-hmm. engaging. We have to have videos. There has to be music. Attendees still need to be able to ask their questions. Founders need to get to know attendees in a one-on-one setting so that they see if they're a good fit or not. So it was, it required some careful planning, but we were successful at it. And today we're still hosting half of these virtually. We had six Discovery Days last week. So on Monday as we were planning our week, I asked the different directors and half of them were in person and half of them were virtual. You know, what I told my team is people are scared right now. So I would approach this with understanding, with a sense of urgency. Markets are still selling fast and maybe faster now than they were before because people are home. Uh So make sure they know Atlanta might sell out and you live in Atlanta. If you want it, we need to keep moving forward. That said, even if you're hosting Discovery Days in person, let's be sensitive to what they're comfortable with. If they don't want to travel yet, that's okay. Offer a virtual platform by which they can learn about that brand and connect with the founder to be approved. Let's not force people to step outside of their comfort zone in terms of their health right now. And that has really worked. And I've seen brands stepping up, too. I've been so impressed with my brands and how they're supporting their franchisees. Online coaching. They've introduced technology so people can work out online if it's a fitness brand. They've deferred royalties. They helped negotiate rent abatement for their franchisees. One even created a new program for franchisees that was considered an essential service. And it's the most successful new revenue source of revenue they've ever launched. It's really mm. been incredible how, how I've seen our brands step up.
1: You know, and I've been doing this show for quite some time, certainly through the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. this is what I'm noticing, Carrie, is those leaders of those franchises where they have really listen to the franchisees that are out there
0: uh, yes.
1: and where they have waived royalties, where they have yes. helped with um, negotiating the the, the different uh, discounts with landlords, mm-hmm. and they've yes. stepped in and actually been a part of the success of every single territory. I can tell you when they come out of this, those franchisees will never leave them.
2: They will never
1: leave them. No amount of anything else will ever surpass
2: supporting their franchisees during this time. It's so true. During this time, some of these franchise systems, the ones that do support their franchisees by going above and beyond in the ways you mentioned, they will come out of this even stronger, and Mm -hmm. we will see that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. most definitely.
1: Um, When a franchise or comes to you, and they're seeking your service, what are you seeing some of the their most common challenges? Because you're not just working with emerging brands. You're working with brands that may have been around a while. So why mm-hmm. do they come to you, Carrie? What is their challenge?
2: It's definitely capacity. It's because, again, you know, talking they, the time. Think about a day. If I were to pull up my developers' calendars right now, and show you what they have to, how many, like you said, tire kickers they have to vet to find that ideal candidate. It's astounding. Most of my directors are hosting probably 12 calls a day, franchise Fastlane directors. And so what we're looking at is just really finding that right match for that franchise brand. And If the home team, if the leadership is trying to take this on themselves, that's so challenging. Mm -hmm. And they don't just need anybody to carry the brand. It's not anybody that can write a check, Linda. That's not the right fit. It has to be somebody, for example, you know, I have brands like D1 Training. I have Fundraising You, Ninja Nation. These are kid brands. It needs to be somebody who loves kids, loves sports, Mm -hmm. loves fitness. They feel burdened by the childhood obesity rates these days and the screen time. And they need to be able to come in and embody the vision of that brand or they're not a good fit. So again, it's not anybody that can come in and write a check for a franchise fee. It has to be the right fit, somebody who can buy into the passion of that brand and be in, a, you know, exemplify that brand into their market, embody the brand into their market. And that it's just hard finding that right person And that right franchisee is a challenge. And and that's what we're able to do while partnering with the franchise consultants, FranChoice, FranNet, the franchise consulting company. Together, we can find the right fit for that brand and the right people by which to grow that brand. Sure.
1: So, folks, if you're listening out there and you're new to this whole franchise concept, um, several times Carrie has um, mentioned that these territories are awarded you don't just walk in mm-hmm. and write a check and mm-hmm. you walk away with a franchise that's not the way that works there's vetting that has to take place on both sides so you have to be a good fit for their brand just as their brand has to be a good fit for you and um Carrie, i think sometimes someone that's searching that's for themselves sometimes it's just cruising the internet they don't right. understand that piece of
2: it. Yep, so true. I, I agree. And that awarded is something... That people don't understand. They almost feel like the brands are competing for their check, and I am not seeing that. I I think the best brands, the brands that are are growing successfully, are very selective in the franchisees that they bring in. It is a 10-year relationship, Linda. When you sign that franchise agreement, you are joining for a minimum of 10 years, and most franchisees will renew for future terms. So we encourage our franchise brands to hold their standards high, and as we get to know our brand's Very well, and we have, I mean, 17 brands, some of them have been working with us almost from the beginning of Franchise Vaseline. We start to learn what is the right fit. And as we talk to people throughout our process, we hold a series of six weekly calls. Oftentimes, we will be quite honest with them and say, We don't think you're a fit for this brand. Can we talk about Mm -hmm. a different one? so that by mm-hmm. the time we're bringing them in for Discovery Day, we can bring them into our founders with a lot of confidence. And still, Linda, honestly, sometimes we still miss. We'll bring them in for Discovery Day. We think we have five great candidates, and the founder will tell us, I think these four are a fit, but I don't think the fifth one is a fit for this reason. That's mm-hmm. actually a favor even for that prospective franchisee because they mm-hmm. need to be in the right franchise family for them. It's got to be right. I agree. Yeah, Absolutely. Sherry, I tell you what, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I love
1: stories. Do you happen to have a story that you could share with our listeners that kind of shares a little bit more about what you and Franchise Fastlane does? Absolutely. No problem, of course. Good deal. So, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Carrie Gilley. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballestatos, and I'm here today with Carrie Gilley from Franchise Fastlane.
2: So, Carrie, you promised us a story here, so Mm do you have one? I do. A couple weeks ago, one of my brands, it's called Premier Martial Arts um, out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They now have over 100 schools open across the U.S. Incredible brand. You know, their slogan is, no kid sits the bench. They meet a kid where they're at, and they teach them so much more than martial arts, character, respect, all of those things. And they asked me to come in and be the keynote at their annual symposium where all the franchisees come together. And while I was there, after I was done speaking, I stepped off stage, and one of the franchisees came up to me and told me his story. I asked him to just write it down and share it with me. And this isn't just any franchisee. He opened the 100th school for Premier Martial Arts, so he was Mm. number 100. And he called it the alternate path, and he said, Carrie, if you asked me three years ago what I saw myself doing, right as I was dealing with having been laid off for the first time ever – I certainly wouldn't have said franchise owner. (laughs) In fact, I wasn't really concentrated in my career at that point. After a grueling six-year stint, climbing the ranks in a single discipline, being laid off was cathartic. I thought my job was making me miserable and time away from responsible and expectations. Maybe I needed a break. At least that's what I was thinking. But as the time wore on, a new need emerged inside of me, and that was a need to build a legacy, I realized I wanted my legacy to be about the lasting impact I left on others. More relational and than transactional. More relational Been transactional. He went on to just tell me his story and how he was open and how he was so proud of what he did today. And he had three children. He was able to talk about how his kids were so proud of him. And he said, I had to be pushed out of my comfort zone. And of course, there were negative voices. But today, I'm so glad I did this. And it just reminded me of some of the celebrities we think of. You know, Michael Jordan, he was cut from his high school varsity basketball team. Mm -hmm. Albert Einstein didn't talk until he was four, didn't read until he was seven. He was expelled from school. Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star because they said he lacked imagination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Elvis Presley was told to go back to being a truck driver in Memphis. Steve Jobs was fired from his own company. And even Marilyn Monroe, she was told by multiple modeling agencies when she was trying to get started that she should just consider becoming a secretary. Mm -hmm. These are people who the negative voices were there. The fear was there, but they overcame it and they stepped out of their comfort zone. And same with Scott Raven of Premier Martial Arts. He decided he wanted to ignore the negativity and step out of his comfort zone. And today he's leaving a legacy and he's so proud of that. And that's what I love about what I do. It's just what I love about what I do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What a great story. Those are just great stories and it just reminds us Carrie that if we really want it and we can we can make it happen no matter what For it sure. is we can make it happen uh, the secret though I believe partnering with the right people if uh-huh. Scott I had, agree. had if, if they had tried to go the, out and do that on their own might not mm. have been quite so successful but partnering with the right brand with the right uh, franchisor, I
2: think that's the secret. I com- I completely agree. Isn't that the beauty of franchising? Is yeah. that there is a proven path of performance for you to study before you make your own decision. Um, there mm-hmm. are experts in the field. Premier Martial Arts is a great example. The founder on that one is a martial arts icon. Um, Mr. Barry Vanover, and he had been in martial arts for 20, 30 years before building his own franchise system. So you're right, now franchisees get to tap into that expertise and the business model he's built around it, rather than do it on their own. Yeah, most definitely. Carrie, we're coming to the end of the show. If somebody is listening right now
1: and they want to know more information about you, about uh, Franchise Fastlane and some of your partners, how would they get in touch with you or how would they find out more information?
2: Absolutely. The best place to start is our website. And we have several different forms you can fill out there. But just go to www.franchisefastlane.com. It's perfect.
1: So we're down to those final three questions here. The first one is, if there is someone listening who is considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do Mm. to prepare (laughs) for the process?
2: You know, actually, I can can answer that one pretty easily, and it's because I've done it. I've bought my own franchises in, in my past. Here's what I would tell you. You need to understand the FDD study the format of an FDD before you even start looking at a potential brand. we just Linda and I just talked about this. The beauty of franchising is the systems that are put in place before you and the fact that others have already walked the path and proven out that system. The FDD will tell you the full story of that franchise study it make sure you understand item six the fee structure, item seven the investment summary item nineteen the earnings claim make sure they have one. If not that should make you ask why you know how many years did it take to achieve that maturity and that margin what is the potential margin at maturity make sure you understand the structure of an FDD and what components to study to really familiarize yourself even litigation is there litigation in the past of this franchise system all of that is found within that FDD that's number one number two that whole day in the life what do you want your day in the life to look like Look at it for the current franchise system. I love that in franchising, there's real data. So talk to the franchisees. Is this something you can be passionate about? When they talk about their daily routine, does it excite you? Is it something that you, oh, I could see myself doing that every day? Does it play well into your lifestyle with your family or whatever stage of life you're in? Think about if I had a day in the life of that franchisee and that franchise system, how would I feel about that? Would that fulfill me? This is your opportunity to you know, paint that picture for yourself and define your own future. So think about that in advance and make sure you understand the structure of an FDD. Yes,
1: absolutely, and you know it's so, so it's so much more than whatever the widget is. It's I think so true. What, whether it fits into your lifestyle is really more important than the actual widget because if you have um, if you're going to be working from home and you have small children there, that may not work out so well. So it all has to make you have to make sure that it fits. Within your lifestyle. If it doesn't, it's going to be. It's going to add another whole layer
2: of um, of challenges there, don't you think? Yes, I completely agree. It, it has to fit you. I agree, and that so many people go into franchising to find that because their mm-hmm. current position, you know, within their corporate position does does not fit their lifestyle. They're sick of traveling so much and missing their children's ball games and those sort of things. So certainly, when you define your own future, make sure it fits. Absolutely.
1: So the second mm-hmm. question here is. What are two traits, and and we've probably touched on a little bit of this, Mm -hmm. but what are two traits
2: that make a successful franchisee? Mm, I don't know if I can get it. Can I have three? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I'll give give you three. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I think I would need three, and here's why. I think my favorite definition of vision is a clear and compelling picture of a preferable future. Not everybody has vision. you have to be able to see that even if it doesn't exist today, you have to be able to walk into an unfinished home and see what it could be. Same with your career and your lifestyle. You have to be able to see a clear and a compelling picture of a preferable future. So number one, you have to have vision. Number two, to make the vision become a reality, you have to have grit. I think it's a core value at Franchise Fastlane. We have five core values. And one of them is be gritty, be hungry, bring it grit Mm -hmm. do what it takes. I'm sure you've heard the quote, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. right. (laughs) Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. So you have to have vision, and I think you have to have the grit to make it happen. And then number three, and this is unique to franchising, you have to have a willingness to follow process. If you think you're going to come in and reinvent the wheel of somebody that's been doing it for 30 or 40 years, like the example I gave with Premier Martial Arts, then go build your own go build your own company and don't pay a 6% or a 7% royalty. Do it on your own. Franchising is all about joining a system that already has process and already has systems for you to follow. So you do have to be process-oriented and be willing to to follow the experts and follow the processes that they built. Vision, grit, and a process-oriented willingness.
1: I'm glad I gave you that third one because it <laughs> definitely was worth it there. Carrie. I'm 100% with that. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like?
2: And I think it's bright. I really do. I think the future is bright. Again, when this hit in 2020, Fastlane, we looked at each other and thought, what what will happen to our business just like all of you did? And we Mm -hmm. had 30 employees. I felt very responsible for every single one. And I also felt very responsible for every one of my brand partners. And as it turned out, 2020 has been the best year in the history of Franchise Fastlane. I think it's bright. Why? Because I think life starts at the edge of your comfort zone. And while COVID has been so um, unfortunate in terms of so many who have become unhealthy, it has pushed some of us to the edge of our comfort zone. And I think, as a result, we're going to see people take that step they maybe wouldn't have had um, the courage to take on their own. As a result, I think we're going to see strong brands, strong investors, strong operators emerge in an industry that's already proven to deliver success, and as a business, deliver incredible customer experience. Um, I think when you own your own company, you care a lot more about the product you're putting out there, and franchising allows that to happen. So what does the future of franchising look like? I think it's bright, and I think it's brighter than ever.
1: Yeah, I believe that 100% as well, because I also think, Carrie, that some of these businesses that may have struggled, these independent businesses that may have struggled and never considered the franchise model before, they may be looking at it now because they've had to do this whole thing this whole year. It's not like the pandemic was just a couple of weeks and you unlock your door and you're back in business again. Um, this is, this has been quite the game changer. So I believe not only are people at home thinking about purchasing a franchise, but all of those independent business owners may be looking at that business model and considering it for themselves.
2: Correct, I I completely agree.
1: So we are down to the end of the show. Carrie, one more time, if somebody wants to find out more about Mm -hmm. what you and your team do, how would they do that? How would they find out more info?
2: Absolutely. Just go to our website, www.franchisefastlane.com. We're also all over LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them. You'll find all of them out there. But start at our website. There are a number of forms. Contact information is all there, www.franchisefastlane.com.
1: Carrie, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I look forward to staying
2: in touch with you guys. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. It was my pleasure. Absolutely.
1: So, folks, as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. And this is a quote by Albert Einstein. And remember, Carrie said that uh, he was very smart and didn't do very well in school. So, But I think we all know his name, don't we? So the quote goes like this. The only source of knowledge is experience. And that's exactly what Carrie and her team will bring, is that experience and that knowledge. So I want to leave you with that today. Glad you joined me on All Things Franchising.